Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, there it is. Round 25 behind us. The NRL Supercoach season is done and dusted. Of course, the NRL Finals. They continue this week and uh, four big matches coming up. Ryan Selvage and Tommy Hudson again with you. Tommy, uh, isn't it crazy just how fast this year went? Yeah. Good day, Ryan. Absolutely. I think doing the podcast each week and uh, talking about footy more than I ever have has made it gone even quicker. So uh, it's been a joy and it's sad to see Supercoach finish for the year, but it's very exciting, uh, the games we have in store this weekend. Yeah, plenty to look forward to. And of course, we'll get into our finals week one previews. We'll also have a look uh, ahead to uh, the rest of the matches coming up throughout the rest of the final series as well. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk and let's wrap up round 25 because once again, it was a record-breaking round for Tom Trevojevic. Uh, again, I think he's broken the record at least two or three times this year now and phenomenal end uh, to his super coach season and finishes up with an average of 143 that's just phenomenal given the way that we spoke about James Tedesco to end the 2020 season let alone what Tommy's produced this year yeah well, we spoke about Tommy's numbers last week when uh, we had our little awards ceremony for him which he he took out and look on the weekend he just celebrated in style didn't he that try he scored where he beat nine players players was just amazing I don't know how many points he got in that one run but yeah 229 uh, surpassing his 226 earlier in the year it was just a great way to end the year for him of course uh, to end last week's episode for those who joined us uh, last week but we briefly touched on uh, the 10 commandments of Supercoach heading into season 2022 we've actually come up with the other nine of course that idea was spurred off the back of a tweet from the infamous Wacko's Whispers who said uh, the first commandment of those 10 thou show captain Tom Travojevic whenever he plays so uh, I think that sentiment has never rung more true than last weekend what was that double 229 458 I think that was last week just a phenomenal score Uh, of course Tommy's uh, try uh, you mentioned that one where he broke 10 tackles what about the, the play after the siren from Ruben Garrick as well another name we've spoken of plenty of times this year 
Yeah, that was mighty impressive. I guess I've probably been someone who has, he's not been critical of Garrick, but I've always sort of put down his good scores and good performances to Tommy Turbo. But even though Turbo scored that try, that was all Garrick's hard work. And he's really starting to prove himself to be a really good footy player in his own right. Of course, Manly taking on the Melbourne Storm this weekend and uh, that rivalry, which is just, uh, well, it was probably at its strongest throughout the mid-2000s and in the early 2010s, but uh, maybe another chapter written this weekend. Uh, Other games and other results from last weekend, the Roosters, too good for your Raiders, Tommy. And uh, Adam Kieran, surprised. I think he scored a hat-trick. Could have had four tries at one stage. And uh, this bits and pieces Roosters team, they're just showing that they're still going to be uh, some fair force heading into the final series, despite the amount of injuries and retirements that they've had over the course of the regular season. Yeah, I guess it's been one of the stories of the year. The Roosters are just continually uh, performing so well, despite all the injuries and retirements, as you say. But you look at their team, and it's still a classy roster even with all those uh, problems going on so it's not really a surprise to see them make the top eight but the way they're performing uh you know you've got to give them hope this week uh and going forward because they just keep putting the writing on the wall some other results from last weekend we'll whip through these quickly uh because you would already know these of course but the storm too good for the sharks which ended their hopes of making the finals uh panthers far too good for that uh, new south wales cup Eels team, which they trotted out. The Broncos, they ended their year on a positive note. And I guess some good signs for the young Broncos going forward, you know, the likes of Selwyn Cobbo. Um, obviously in the halves, not a young player, but Albert Kelly showing that uh, he's worth his contract, which he's earned for next year. So some positives for the Broncos to take into next year. Yeah, season. positives for Brisbane. Absolutely. They were pretty good to end the year, as you say there. But on the other hand, uh, Newcastle, they were just awful the other day. And I know Ponger and Pierce were taken off with about half an hour to go, and people will say that, but they were already getting smashed by that point, so I think it's really bad signs heading into the finals for them. Yeah, and obviously that means that the uh, Gold Coast Titans found their way into the finals, and you speak there of disappointing ways to end the year, the Warriors, what more can you say about them? It's hard to be too critical of the Warriors, given all their sacrifices over the past couple of seasons, but... That's those Sunday results that you see there. Titans 44-0 and the Bulldogs 38-0. I didn't think that that would be the scorelines at the end uh, of those final matches on that Sunday. No, it's hard to imagine two worst performances all year, really. Uh, The Warriors were just terrible against the Gold Coast. Sharks fans would have been absolutely hating their lives watching that game. They just couldn't complete a set, and they just resorted to fighting in the second half, which was pretty crazy scenes. And then the Tigers were probably even worse to lose 38-0 to the Dogs. that just speaks for itself. That was unbelievable. Yeah, pretty sad way to end the year for the West Tigers. So too the Warriors, as we say there. But sad way to end our Super Coach seasons as well, Tommy. We were already heading into that final week, round twenty-five. You know, less a heap of stars, injuries and suspensions. They've crueled us throughout this back end of the season. Uh, it was the case again for myself. Just had twelve players uh, by the end of it uh, last week. A score of one thousand one hundred and thirty-one. Very, very poor indeed, uh, and sadly, I think this is probably the first time in a very, very long time that I dropped out of the top 1,000 and at the most important week where I didn't want to do it. So finished still in the top 1%, 32,018 points overall, but a season rank of uh, 1,826. Look, all in all, a uh, little bit disappointing, but hey, first year at it uh, can't be, I guess, too negative looking at back at it all. Yeah, I'm a bit the same as you. The last week really uh, brought me undone. I think I only had 10 or 11 scores by the end of it. Obviously, half my score was basically turbo getting 450. I got 1,013. I fell 3,000 spots on that score, so it was pretty brutal week for myself. Ended up uh, just top 6% with 31,024, about 1,000 behind you. So, 
yeah, look, plenty to build on for next year. Yeah, something to aim at in 2022 indeed, and uh, no doubt we'll be back at it again next year. Now, that also wraps up, uh, obviously, all of our mini leagues and everything that went on. So a big thank you to everyone else who got involved in all of those. Uh, congratulations to all the winners, and we hope to see everyone back and uh, a couple more extras in those leagues again next year. Uh, of course, we did have a cash comp running, and uh, congratulations to the winner. I think it was the Lane Cove Tigers. DM us, find us somewhere, because uh, we will find that money into your account. But, uh, yeah, come to us, because uh, I don't know your at on Instagram or whatever, but anyway, we'll get around to working that one out. Congratulations to you, and well done throughout the course of the season. Speaking of our fans, Tommy, our followers, everyone who's uh, done a, a marvellous job getting to us uh, their talking points throughout the course of the season. Just a couple to wrap up here before we get into our 10 commandments heading into 2022. The first one here through from Tommy Gibbs. He says, hey boys, how do you see the makeup of your squad for next season with Cleary and Turbo likely to start with prices more than $1 million? It's a massive question to ask and it's hard to see a team without any of these two players, but they come at a price, don't they, Tommy? Yeah, they do, but so they should, you know. If it, if they weren't that price, the game would just be too easy for everybody. And I suppose we're fresh off the big scores that they've produced. It's hard to imagine a side without them, like you say. I think probably another factor will be, I suppose, CTWs might be highly sought after more than Fords, given the uh, high attacking stats we saw this year. Yeah, just, just on that, like... And I, I guess we'll get a little bit more into this uh, more deeper in the Ten Commandments section where we do cast the eye ahead in terms of rules and scoring and everything else to come with it next season. But you don't want to be without Tommy Turbo or Cleary, I feel, from round one because it's going to be extra hard to get these guys in given their high ceilings. Like if you're playing without Turbo from round one and he comes out and post scores, which we know he's capable of, 130 upwards, it's going to be very, very hard to get him in because that money you've got tied up in your fullbacks. You just can't find that extra four, five hundred thousand, whatever it is, to bring Turbo in for round four. Yeah, that's exactly uh, the problem. You can't sort of wait and see how he goes because if he goes big, which he probably will, you're just immediately behind the eight ball and you can't afford him. So, yeah, I think they're both must-haves. Probably every team will have them in and it probably means they have to take uh, make sacrifices elsewhere. Yeah, I think... Given the higher averages, the higher scores, the higher ceilings of these marquee players, I wouldn't be surprised to see a salary cap rise for the start of next season. And I think to keep people involved uh, for longer periods of time, I think that probably has to be the case as well. So uh, we'll deal with that problem, that dilemma when we come to it. Next one here through from Chris Ladley. He says, hey, boys, thanks for all your help throughout this year. Uh, can't wait to get stuck into your team preview pods and breakdowns across the offseason. Uh, question for you both. Was the 2021 Supercoach season the hardest year of Supercoach ever? Injuries, suspensions, rule interpretations. Uh, I'm expecting it to be even tougher to find value in the cheapies next season. Another year without the New South Wales Cup will test us in finding cheapies and mid-rangers. Yeah, uh, Chris, excellent point here, mate. Uh, couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, Tommy, what do you make of this? He, he's brought up some key points here around particularly the lower-grade footy. Um, players like Sam Walker, um, Dane Laurie, to an extent, unsighted to start this year, but they came on in leaps and bounds. It's going to be even more difficult, I feel, next year uh, to find value in these cheaper players. Yeah, well, hopefully we do see some you know, reserve-grade footy to make it a bit easier for people to spot potential talent and whatnot. Uh, 
in response to his question about what was the hardest year ever, it would be up there because there were so many, you know, suspensions especially were a big one this year with the, the new high tackle rulings and uh, whatnot. But, yeah, that made it a real challenge as well as, I'd say, I suppose the highest scoring CJW and whatnot. Uh, people who, like me who kind of prioritise forwards at the start of the year were made to look a fool pretty early and that made things tricky. Yeah, I think the bonus in... Some of these injuries, and you've got to look at it with, not, not not that injuries are positive, but I guess the one good thing to come out of it for super coach players is we did get to see um, some younger players come in and take their opportunity at different stages throughout the year, even restings in the, in the last round of the season. You think of that south spine, I dare say players like Lachlan Ilias, uh, Peter Mamazoulis, maybe not so much as Blake Taff. Um, but these guys that have come in and shown, hey, they can handle the challenge of first grade, they're definitely going to be popular picks heading into round one next year. Yeah, it was a good weekend to see uh, potential future talent for sure. Uh, players that you mentioned there from South and a few other teams rested a lot of players and you saw the next generation. But I'd say in itself, round 25 is uh, proven very hard now because it seemed more and more these days that teams are resting their players in the last round and it's creating our headaches for super coaches. Yeah, I know we've spoken amongst ourselves in terms of bringing our draft grand final forward a week. I think a lot of players uh, in draft leagues would have had that conversation heading into that final week because it really was a piss take, wasn't it? Like the teams that you saw last week weren't a true indication of how they'd lined up from rounds one to 24 even or even at their strongest point that a lot of the teams were playing a far away from their best 17 in round 25 let's round this one up Tommy the last question here through from the guys at the super coach experience they ask how good is Timmy of course speaking of uh, one of the co-hosts on their podcast Tim Moody who took out the overall number one rank at the end of the year in NRL super coach classic Tim Moody congratulations to you Timmy uh, and uh a stable mate in the top sport family so even better for all the guys who've had the support of Tristan and the team this year but of course Tim what a story this is Tommy uh, he's pledging $45,000 of his 50k prize winnings to his sister uh, obviously going through a bit of a tough time at the moment with her breast cancer but uh, that money and that donation that act of kindness will go a long way from Tim to uh, helping his sister Jamie uh, navigate this difficult time as best as possible yeah absolutely that's a it's a great gesture from Tim and what an effort you know we we play this all year as hard as anybody and you know you you were happy if you came top thousand but he's somehow managed to to take it all out and uh we've seen in previous years the people who do take it out they seem to get decent exposure going forward, writing articles and whatnot for the Daily Telegraph and stuff. So see what's in future for him. He looks like a bit of a character from his photo, but uh, yeah, very nice gesture from him. Yeah, selfless act uh, indeed. So well done, Timmy. Um, lucky enough to have kept up with your run home at the back end of the year a little bit. So uh, well done to you. Well done to the guys over there at the Supercoach Experience uh, doing some good things in that space as well. So all the best to you uh, and your family across the summer and heading into next year as well. He's hoping that uh, 2022 brings plenty of smiles on your face. Let's move on, Tommy. Uh, let's get into our 10 commandments of Supercoach. Let's lighten the mood a little bit here. And of course, as we said at the top, this came off the back of a tweet from Wacko's Whispers, as he's more commonly known as in the Twitter sphere the 10 commandments of supercoach heading in to season 2022 we've already touched on the first one number one thou shall captain tom travoyevich whenever he plays we all in agreement on that we put together the other nine uh number two on this list and i think you've already touched on it a little bit is number two here the game has changed center wingers are the new 2rf um, we've seen some high ceiling players such as Brian To'o, uh, Ruben garrick and alex johnson redefine what a supercoach player is and they really are 
<laughs> seemingly so, the new 2RF. And what we say by that is the more reliable players, the players that you can bank on to score those bigger points. Yeah, well, as the game gets more attacking and faster, these players, the CTWs, some halves like Cody Walker, they're becoming, you know, the players you really need to target. The forwards can be somewhat interchangeable at the moment. They seem to be scoring, you know, pretty similar to each other apart from a few special players but the CTWs you know you have to target them because they can go a lot bigger than Fords can at the end of the day the big scores and who you put your captain on is going to win your games. Yeah a stat here from Matty Person of the Supercoach Ground Zero Facebook group if you're in that you'll uh, probably be familiar with this stat already he says I think it's safe to say that the true status of a gun now is an average of 70 points per game or more. 21 players averaged 70 or more and only one of them this year was a middle forward and none were front rowers. So obviously one of those being a lock. He says it's fair to say the game has changed and the old stack the pack and stuff the backs caper is dead. Only three props average 60 or more. Of course that was Payne Haas, Luke Thompson and JFH. Uh, That is phenomenal. So we kind of touched on this throughout the middle part of the year when we did bring in players like Brian, uh, Alex Johnson. I know we've already mentioned Ruben Garrick with the goal kicking is just a bonus. So, yeah, a sign that the game is most certainly changing. And we'll keep an eye on this with rule changes over the summer if things do change. But the way it's heading, you want to be spending a lot more money on your backs next year than what you did this year. Yeah, it's going to require a bit of a rethink for people such as myself who were always keen on the forwards. But, you know, if if the rules uh, and the scoring don't change ahead of uh, 2022... Yeah, you're definitely going to target these backs. I will say this. We've had a a little bit of help from some keen listeners of our podcast putting this list together. Number three, and this was a fan submission, they say never trust a DMC, a dirty merger club, especially the West's Tigers. Players like Moses and Bai, Nofaluma, and to a lesser extent, Luciano Leilua and Adam Dewey. Look, I'll hit back on Adam Dewey there. I think he was a standout for the West Tigers, but I can kind of make a case for the other... Uh, the other three names there and obviously we sold the dream on players like Nofaluma and even Moses and Bai to some extent but uh, I guess the key thing that sticks out to me here Tommy is there's no such thing as a soft draw if you're a soft team what I mean by that is the West Tigers appeared to have a pretty easy run home you'd say but it proved to be anything but the case oh yeah they were so disappointing in the run home David Nofaluma especially I, I brought him in with five games to go two of them against the Bulldogs another against the Cowboys and his highest score was just uh, 42 and uh, yeah that's just it speaks for itself he just doesn't even seem interested on the field sometimes David Nofaluma so yeah it is a food for thought for next year if you're going to pick up players from these weaker teams, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I think as well as that, and it probably extends beyond merger clubs, but teams, as you say, they're weaker teams. Reputation is one thing, but I don't think uh, in the game of Supercoach you can kind of buy into reputation too much. You look at Jason Tamalolo this year, and he was our uh, fan-voted flop or most disappointing player of the Supercoach season, and uh, the Cowboys reflected that a little bit, I guess. They finished towards the bottom of the ladder. So, yeah, no such thing as a soft draw if you're a soft team. I really do like that statement. Let's move on. Commandment number four here is don't trade out a cheapie without deep thought. Uh, Jason Saab being the reason why we put this in. Uh, had his low price in round five, which I think was about 190000 uh, would have been easy to sell, but without considering the impact of Tommy Turbo and what he can do to boost Saab's scores and prices, he was an easy sell and he came back to make some handy coin towards the back end of the year. Yeah, I would say Saab's a tricky one because the whole Manly team were hopeless before Tommy Turbo came back. But I do agree with the point overall. You know, you've got to have patience with these cheapies. And considering they're so cheap, you know, you don't really need to 
rush to sell them off. And you've got to think about all the possible ways that they could improve as the year goes on. So, yeah, I, I agree with the commandment. I think another one there is Stefano Utuikamanu. Uh, I think I was quick to get rid of him or maybe towards the middle part of the year. I think he was a part of my, whatever you call it, major trades or um, four or five trades in one week in or after round 17. And he came out of that origin camp a completely different player, didn't he? Um, really looked like, and it's a high praise to say he looked like Payne Haas, but he really did. So one positive for the Tigers heading into next season is uh, having Stefano on their books. Number five here, Tommy. Don't chase last week's points. Again, we'll mention Jason Sarpy. He scored that big score of 162 versus the Bulldogs. I think that was in round 12. He was the most popular trade-in for round 13 and then blanked with scores less than 20 in back-to-back weeks. How important is it to not to go after last week's points or to follow the trend when, again, without so much of a deep thought or consideration, well, maybe the fixture was a little bit easy or the one they've got upcoming is a little bit more difficult? Yeah, I think fixture analysis is a really important part of Supercoach, and I've probably only learned that, you know, like this year and last year. You really got to look at who people are playing in the next few weeks. Like if someone's going big against the Bulldogs, but they have the Storm next week, you know, there's no point. Just because they went big last week doesn't mean it's always going to be the case. There's obviously some exceptions who are fixture-proof, like your Turbos, Clearies of the world, but yeah, the rest of them you really need to look out. It's hard to for us to really pinpoint, or for me personally to pinpoint any uh, other obvious examples of this, but I will say this. At the same time, don't be scared to jump on a player on the back of a price rise if it means your team is better off in the long run. I think Tim mentioned in his winner's interview with Sangster yesterday, as he recorded this on Wednesday night, he mentioned he was late to the party on Isaiah Papali. He didn't get him into about round seven or round eight, but he knew he was a player he wanted to finish off with. Um, I think I did the same with Adam Dewey in round 19 on the back of his round 18, 150-plus score against the Broncos. So that's one thing to consider as well. If you are going to finish the year with these guys in your team, then don't hesitate to pull the trigger and not so much chase last week's points, but to shore up your score heading into the final rounds of the season. Speaking of Adam Dewey, Tommy, a good little segue here into our fifth commandment, which is dual position players are worth their weight in gold. Uh, Dewey showed his worth this year with that dual position status, and he'll retain that next season as well. Yeah, they just come in handy so much, don't they? Especially around periods of origin and when key players are getting injured and suspended. Having someone that can... uh you can move around multiple positions. It's just absolute gold. I think FRF and 2RF players who are both eligible for both of those are also very helpful because we had a lot of forwards getting suspended and injured this year. So they came in handy very often. Yeah, uh, as well as that, you've got to consider the origin period and players. I know his scores probably didn't back it up, but Sean Johnson was seen as a premium option um, because of his dual position status, I feel, at that time. And obviously players who went away from Johnston and went to DCE, probably benefited in the long run but on paper it was hard to to not go to Johnston because of that flexibility uh, to play him at either the six or the seven injuries rests everything to come with it we've seen plenty of it this year Um, but players like as we say there Dewey obviously his goal kicking is a bonus as well but Matt Burton I feel will retain his dual position status next year and let's not forget about Luke Keary as well coming back in 2022 uh, the ability to play these players at either 6 or 7 I think it will go a long way to Supercoach success next season speaking of uh, good little segue here again number 7 the 7th commandment is do everything you can to start with the best number 7 and that's Nathan Cleary in your team for round 1 2022 kind of mentioned it already, getting the balance right between putting too much coin into 
Travojevic and Cleary, but it seems you got to at least do your best to get them both in. And if you can't, well, you can't. But you have to at least try and make the effort to get both of these guns in from day one. Yeah, I think Alterba obviously sells himself with the, the points he's he's got this year. Cleary probably does as well. But also for Cleary, there's probably not a great option aside from him at halfback. Like, yes, Jerome Hughes has had a great year. And, you know, Cherry Evans is solid and whatnot. But Cleary's just another level. You know, you're really going to miss out if you don't have him. So, yeah, I think he's just absolute no-brainer. The only thing that might sway me from this with Cleary is if Nico Hines is relatively well-priced and he's goal-kicking at Cronulla because that goal-kicking ability, or I guess having a player in the halfback role which goal-kicks, it really does set Cleary 30, 40 points per game uh, better off than the next best in Jerome Hughes or Cherry Evans I know rattled home to finish the year, but... Over the course of the season, that goal kicking, having that uh, at your halfback slot is something which is such a bonus to have in your team. Let's move on to number eight here, Tommy. And uh, speaking about backing your instincts, that's exactly what this one's all about here. Number eight, trust your gut and go against the crowd and try your best to get to a pod before they're even seen as one. Yeah, well, this is, I suppose, all on the individual, how good you are at spotting talent. You know, I think... One that I spotted in the preseason was Josh Schuster, but I never actually cashed in on him because I didn't get him until it was way too late. So, you know, I should have backed myself there, and that's a good example. You know, if you do see one in the trials or in New South Wales Cup, if it's operating next year, why not back yourself? Yeah, I will say as well, don't be scared to not hold a player. Um, I know, again, I keep referencing uh, Tim's winner's interview yesterday with the Daily Telegraph, but it's hard to go past a man who's beat home 138,000 others. He says he never once held Brandon Smith. Uh, I was much the same. I never held Josh Adokar as well, despite he went through that run where he was just scoring two, three, five, six tries a game. <laughs> yeah, I, as much as I'd say back your gut, back your instincts, that goes for having players and for not having players, I feel. If you can make a case for not make you know, buy someone at a price then absolutely. Yeah, well, I wish I didn't adopt that strategy to Ruben Garrick because uh, I really missed out on a massive year not picking up him. I really just thought he was going to eventually crash back down to earth, but it didn't happen. He just went from strength to strength. Number nine is don't have too much money tied up on your bench. You can probably speak a little bit more to this point, Tommy. I tried my best to get away from having too much money tied up on my bench, but it can really be a constriction uh, I guess, in your overall hopes come the back end of the year because at the end of the day, you only do have four reserves. So there's not too much point in having too much money tied up in uh, players beyond those four who you're going to put on the uh, the reserve armband on. No, exactly right. The only positive of it really is having options when there are injuries and suspensions, but you can find players who are playing for a much cheaper price. There's no point having, you know, players around 250, 300,000 who are not going to play for you every week. You only get 17 scores a week. You've got to make the most of them. And that's probably something I've only learned this year. And I think halfway through the year, you even said on this podcast that you're really trying to turn your team into, you know, 17 good players and then the rest can be sort of nuffs or players that could play. So I think that's an important one. Yeah, I think in any other year that would have been the perfect strategy. I I couldn't have anticipated the injuries or the suspensions to come in rounds 18 to 25, which obviously eventuated, but... Yeah, the plan was to have uh, 19 just players who I could pick from each and every week or maybe 20, I feel. I could have probably got away with five genuine nuffs. But uh, yeah, I think that comes a lot back to planning your trades in advance, doesn't it? If you're taking the game seriously enough to listen to us two here on the Supercoach 365 podcast, I would suggest strongly to put some time into working 
uh, working backwards from round 25, really, uh, setting out your trade plans and sticking to it as best as you can. And that goes by planning the team that you want to finish the year with and obviously walking the roadmap backwards towards, I do say round 17 or 18 here, depending on when Origin is next year. But um, that was the model I worked off this year. Obviously, it didn't come to be given all those outs, which we've already mentioned, but I think that's the way going forward to go about. Yeah, exactly right. You really do need to think about everything. You know, Supercoach is only a game, but if you want to win, you got to you got to really take it quite seriously, to be honest. And I'm sure our winner, Timmy, he wasn't doing his trades at Thursday at 6.30pm. I'm sure he had them sorted out weeks in advance. And let's speak to that. I guess this is the 10th commandment, but by far not the least on this list. Number 10, save your trades. Uh, the Supercoach winner this year, Tim, had two trades left heading into round 25, which is just phenomenal to think that he had two trades up his sleeve, which obviously allowed him to get players like uh, Brian To'o back in his team after that long injury layoff. And yeah, to have that luxury to cherry pick players that you know have a good fixture in that final week, or at least the playing in that final week, given all the restings which happened this year. It is just uh, going to get you uh, well in front of the rest of the pack. Yeah, well, I had two trades left at round 20, I think. So, you know, it would have been a dream to have two left at the last round. I think, obviously, next year people are going to play that a lot smarter. But this year was tricky. We've mentioned a few times now the amount of injuries, suspensions and whatnot. It just made it hard to have a lot of trades left. And uh, Origin always knocks people off as well in that regard. So that's something to watch for next year. Yeah, and watch on. We will with keen interest over the summer. Of course, uh, a lot of that may change if Supercoach scoring models change and things like that and players change and uh, position eligibility changes and everything like that. So take that with a grain of salt as you will. But uh, the 10 commandments of Supercoach heading into season 2022. Tommy, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, thanks to our sponsors here at topsport.com.au. And then coming up after the break, let's preview finals week one and we'll have a look ahead to the rest of the finals and how we see it playing out. Footy finals are top finals. And with Top Sport, there's hundreds of markets to choose from. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Yes, welcome back to the Supercoach 365 podcast, proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. And uh, let's get into our finals week one preview now. Uh, It does kick off, as we've already mentioned here. The Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls, they renew this rivalry. And Tommy, looking at this fixture... If there was a team to upset Melbourne, maybe beyond Penrith, uh, in this first week of the finals, it would be Manly, wouldn't it? Just the flair that they can play with. I think they've got the attack to rattle the Storm, whether or not they can keep the Storm out with their defence. I guess that's the question which we'll see answered on Friday night. Yeah, absolute game of the year for me, this one. The most I've been excited for a game, I think, all year. Just I love the first week of the finals. I really do. The chance to have the week off and get to week three is just a huge incentive and yeah these teams will put on a show I think the style of Manly's attack like you say the way they throw the ball around and they're quite unpredictable I think Melbourne you know they won't love that and Melbourne did beat them what four weeks ago or so but it was it was definitely a competitive game you know Manly were in that the whole time and I can see them you know improving off that game learning how to beat the storm and yeah I think this is a flip of the coin almost Josh Adokar out which probably hurts their attack slightly but I think it hurts their defence more you you may not associate Josh Adokar with defence but what he can do 
particularly to combat the speed of Jason Saab, who he would have been lining up against here. And that's interesting to see then. Well, is it George Jennings or the inexperienced Isaac Lumi Lumi who goes to that left side? Obviously, both have played their footy to this point on the Storm's right side of the year. So uh, if you are playing the anytime try scorers here with topsport.com.au, of course, um, Jason Saab might be a good bet going down that uh, Manly's right side attacking one of these wingers that hasn't been too familiar with playing on the left this year. Yeah, the the loss of Addo Carr is a big one, I think, both in attack and defence, obviously. But you just look now at the, the two to five of both teams, and I, I just think the Manly wingers are a lot more potent. Saab and Garrick up against Jennings and Lumi Lumi. I know the games aren't one on the wing, but I just think in terms of finishing and in semi-finals, you know, you really want strong finishing ability. Um that's a massive plus for Manly. Manly $3.15 head-to-head here. The Storm $1.38 and Manly get an 8.5 start at $1.85. If you want to take the minus, the Storm, you'll get $1.95. Uh, a bet I liked here, Tommy, um, not so much looking at this fixture in isolation, but looking ahead to, I guess, the rest of the final series and the finals roadmaps, the way that these teams will find their way through to the grand final. Manly to make the grand final, uh, $2.80 to make the grand final. And obviously, they still have to get through that finals week three game, uh, whoever that may be against. But if you think that the the Seagulls will get through to the grand final, I think their best path to do so is by beating the Storm this week. Uh, Otherwise, they'd have to cross over and play the Panthers likely in a prelim final in a couple of weeks' time. So if you're thinking Manly on the back of Tommy Turbo can get to the grand final at least then probably just take him at the head-to-head this weekend, $3.15. I think it's a better price. And then they've only got to win this week. Yeah, I think this week is very uh, important for Manly because I think if they do lose and they manage to win week two, they'd probably come up against the Panthers. I don't think they match up as well against the Panthers as they do the Storm. i probably give them a bigger chance this week. So, yeah, good luck to them and probably the game of the year for mine. Next game here, one of the first, well, the first of the elimination finals, the Sydney Roosters, $1.25 up against the Gold Coast Titans, $4.10 uh, again. Uh, a big line here for a finals game, you'd think. The Roosters giving away 11.5. But given what we've seen from these two teams in recent times, I know probably the Titans matched in the scoreline last week, not a true indication of the way that they've run into this final series. I think this is a Roosters 13-plus game for mine. I think they've just got the troops there to get the job done and they're experienced in finals footy. Yeah, I probably agree with you. Uh, I'm not you know, that confident in the Roosters 13-plus, but you know, if I had to choose, I'd probably say they will cover the line and Win quite comfortably. I'm pretty surprised Sam Walker, you know, is still on the bench. I thought maybe Robbo was just doing that to give him a rest in anticipation of the finals, but he's actually going to start the finals on the bench or or so it seems. I wasn't really convinced by the Titans the other day. I know they won 44 nil, but Warriors were just horrendous and they had 10 players for part of the game. So, yeah, you'd think Roosters have enough uh, quality in their team to get the job done. David Fafita scored a double against the Warriors, and it was kind of a game which, you know, stinks of David Fafita, really, wasn't it? Like, once it was out of reach for the Warriors, he dominated off the bench as well, so kind of came on fresh, and his try almost sealed them the game. I think it was the fourth try of the match and really just put the margin out of reach for the Warriors. But this is his chance now, playing finals footy, the marquee signing to step up against a bigger pack and to say, well, you know, I kind of can justify the price I'm getting. I can have my impact on games the way I want to. But he has to do it against a quality team this week opposed to the Warriors last week. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, last week, like you say, he came on and the game was pretty much already won and he just had a field day. And 
it's not going to be the case this week. He's going to come on and he's going to be in a battle with the Roosters or they're going to be down, the Titans. So, And you saw that when he came on against the Storm. He kind of he struggled to get into that game. So, yeah, the jury's out on him this week, but they need him to have a big game if there are any chance. Roosters expecting some big names back as well. Victor Radley, he will be there. Uh, Jared Warrior Hargroves, again, named to return from injury. He was a late out last week, but you think a finals game, he should be there taking his place this week. So... Yeah, you look at that forward pack for the Roosters, uh, it is quality given those two inclusions. Next up, the third game, the second qualifying final, this one again uh, between two of the better teams throughout the course of the season. But lopsided go in the betting here. The Panthers against the Rabbitohs. The Panthers firm favourites, $1.23. Again, that line of minus 11.5 and the plus for the Rabbitohs, they get it. Uh, Latrell Mitchell obviously a massive out here the Panthers coming off that big win against that weakened Eels side but just get this sense about the Panthers that you know they might be one game better one win better than they were this time last year yeah it looks like they've kind of planned out their year a bit differently this year they haven't gone pedal to the metal the whole time they had a little bit of a a letdown I suppose through the middle of the year when Cleary was injured and they had origin uh, commitments but yeah they've got back into the swing of things recently albeit they've only versed you know the Tigers and uh, the Eels very under strength. So I don't think their last two games have really been great prep for this, but I don't know, no Luttrell for South. It's just a massive out, and it's hard to see them, you know, matching it with Penrith for 80 minutes. Yeah, we questioned that just a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We said that South will go with them for 60 minutes, and this was when Luttrell was there. Uh, we thought that there'd be that 20-minute window where Penrith couldn't get them. Eventually, they did break them down and won to 13-plus on the night. So uh, again, for mine, if you're having a play here... Uh, that 11.5 minus, uh, I'd probably be leading towards the Panthers here. I think, as I said, I think they've just timely run a little bit better this year. Um, players playing well, you know, I think it just sets up nicely here for the Panthers side. Uh, obviously, the Rabbitohs, though, they welcome back some plenty of names here. Uh, Adam Reynolds, Alex Johnston, Cam Murray, Walker, Cook, Gagai, Kaloa Matangi, and Tom Burgess all back uh, from their one-week rest. And obviously... The baby bunnies got the job done against the Dragons last week. And on the Dragons, Tommy, geez, what a bad way to end their year. Just against, again, a, a Jersey flag team, essentially, or a New South Wales Cup team. And, yeah, just spells a difficult off-season for the Dragons. I'll have to answer some questions there. Yeah, it was, their performance was probably overshadowed by uh, the Tigers and the Warriors on Sunday. Yeah, the Dragons were awful. And they honestly look like they've been on a holiday in Queensland for the last few months ever since that barbecue because they haven't won a game since and they just don't look like they're trying half the time. But yeah, back on this game, I think I think South will start well. I think it'll be like uh, Penrith versus South a few weeks ago. I think South will start, start strong after all their players had the week off and they want, they'll obviously have a point to prove against the Panthers. But I just think over the, the course of 80 minutes, you know, the Penrith quality, it'll shine through and Blake Taff at the back, it's a pretty risky move. Yeah, I mean, he held his own in the couple of games he's played, Taff, but yeah, different different beast this weekend, isn't it? Up against the Panthers side in what is, I think, essentially for the Bunnies, a must-win game because uh, they don't want to be losing this weekend and then potentially running into either Manly or the Storm in Week 3. If they can get a week's rest here and, I don't know, freshen the bodies a little bit, then I think South then become one of the more dangerous teams because, yeah, as I said, a week off, Suncorp Stadium for a prelim final, dry track. You know they can score points. Uh, if South want to win the comp, I think they have to really win this game this week. 
Uh, that can also be said against our final two teams here in the last of the first week of finals games. This one, a knockout final, the Eels and the Knights. It's just hard to get excited about two teams which statistically rank amongst some of the worst in terms of scoring points this year. Yeah, look, I don't know. I think Newcastle are just going awfully. Um, I know they had a few wins uh, in the back half of the year, back part of the year, but they're all against terrible teams and they're just an awful team to watch. They can't attack at the moment. I don't know what has happened to their attack, but... You know, Ponga has a bit of spark about him, but no one else can do anything in that team. Um, and they were just awful against Brisbane the other day. Parramatta had heaps of excuses the other day against uh, Penrith. They rested their whole team. So you can't even look at that game as as a form guide. And the week prior, they beat Melbourne. So, look, I'm surprised the line's only minus eight for Parry here. I think if they get a few early tries, uh, Newcastle's heads might drop and they could win by plenty. Yeah, I think the Eels win. I think they just go through on... On class, and it's hard to really look. Again, you mentioned that game for the Eels last week, uh, where they rested a heap of stars. What do you make of the Knights last week with Kalen Ponger and Mitchell Pearce? They were obviously down at the time, but the fact that they played, but they played forty-five minutes, and they they were rested essentially for the final thirty-five minutes of the game. Like, what do you make of that? It's it's not a great look. I feel like either don't name them and don't play them, or play them the eighty minutes. I can't I can't fathom why would you do you know, in between, not one way or the other. Yeah, it didn't make much sense, especially given that they took them off when they were down by 20. It was it was just almost dent their confidence, really. They played for 50 minutes, did nothing, and then got taken off. Didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, I just, they need a complete form turnaround to win this weekend. Like, I, I can't believe they're only $3.10. Yeah, it's tough. Tough one indeed. Um, so I think we've kind of given our tips there. I think for mine, it will be the Storm, the Roosters, the Panthers, and the Eels. You going the same way? Yeah, the first game is tricky, but uh, pretty confident on the other three, and that'll set up some big games in, in the coming weeks. Let's get into our topsport.com.au, our best bets now. And we've been seeing these like watermelons in the past few weeks. So if you've been following us, um, feel free to send us some commission our way. Of course, please have a bet and do it responsibly with topsport.com.au. I have the, well, it is the home of the best same game multi uh, where the odds truly do stack up. So uh, if you are having a play, well, don't do yourself a disservice and do so with topsport.com.au. Tommy, you found us any value for week one of the finals? Uh, I think I have. I think I have this week. Uh, first of all, Friday night, I just think it's going to be a great game. And I think plus eight and a half for Manly is too good to refuse. I thought it'd be a lot closer than that. I think they can get within within the eight and a half, so I'm pretty keen on that at a dollar eighty five. And then on Sunday, I'm really keen on Parramatta to win by a score here. I think if they get on top early, Newcastle just can't attack, so I, I don't see how they're gonna make up any ground on Para. Thirteen plus, two dollars forty five looks good. And if you wanna get, you know, a little bit more crazy, thirty plus at eight dollars fifty and even our 51 plus at 91 dollars if you're feeling really ambitious but keep in mind a few years ago first week of the finals Parramatta did beat Brisbane by 50 points love the thinking there about Parramatta I think they can do a number on the Knights as well but my best bets this week I've kind of already alluded to it I'm just going with the Roosters 13 plus into the Panthers uh, 13 plus here you'll get about four dollars back for your one dollar investment um, I've made some notes here. Have plenty on, but do so responsibibly. Uh, Roosters 13 plus, Panthers 13 plus. I just think they're just far too good uh, for each of the teams which they come up against this week. If you're playing try scorers, I've already mentioned Jason Saab, uh, but also like Matt Ikevalu for the Roosters this weekend, and 
Branto for the Panthers. Again, put them together, you'll get about $5.50 for your investment. Before we wrap it up, Tommy, let's just cast the eye forward in a couple of weeks' time. Look at these NRL futures markets here. Of course, um, the popular one here, the Premiership winner market, the Storm, the Panthers, probably the uh, firm favourites here, $2.40, $2.60 respectively, to take out the title. Uh, I think we were both on the storm from the start of the year at $6. So some value there. The Panthers thereabouts knocking down. And Manly now into third. Favourites overall at $6 to take out the title. Yeah, I probably think Manly is the only value in that market. I probably think it'll be Penrith and Melbourne. But, you know, if Manly win this week, that puts them in a great position to make the grand final. $6 is good. And then if we want to talk about Clive Churchill as well, Tom Turovic, $9 to win that. You'd think if Manly are 6 and they win the grand final, you know, Tom Derojevic on grand final day is going to be almost the price Manly are. So there's a bit of value there. Yeah, I actually looked at this market earlier this afternoon, and Tommy Turbo was $11. So he's now coming to second favourite ahead of Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen, and obviously all Storm players, who who are firm favourites to get the win this week. So it just shows you the power of Tommy uh, if Manly are to uh, get over the top of the Storm this weekend. Um, Tommy's obviously going to be key in all of that, key to Manly going on and winning the Premiership. To make the grand final, though, I thought this was, uh, again, we've already sort of mentioned Manly's odds here, $2.80. If you like that, just back them to win to beat the Storm this weekend. Melbourne here, $1.45. That's too short for mine. I feel like, um, given that price, they'd be starting somewhere close to $1.05 in that prelim final game, which is far too short. For mine here, the value bet to make the grand final, the Penrith Panthers, $1.60. Uh, can see them easily getting past Souths this weekend, and then uh, off the back of a week's rest, determined by last year's loss, I think Panthers $1.60. If you're going to play the shorts, it's probably the value bet, even at that short quote. Yeah, it's probably the only value in that market. Yeah, $1.60, I agree with you. They should win this week. And then they have the week off. I, yeah, it's hard to imagine them not making a grand final at this point. Um, Titans and Knights, $31. That should be 301 because they are no chance. And uh, one more here before we wrap it up here. With, you can see all these markets, of course, topsport.com.au. Click NRL Futures. You'll find a host of markets here, a little finals hub. Finals top point scorer here, Ruben Garrick, the favourite, $3.10. Obviously, Manly might get an extra game if they lose this week and then have to go the long way. But Nathan Cleary here, $3.30, a halfback who loves scoring a try. If they can put a big score on South this weekend, he might get out to a, an insurmountable lead. Nathan Cleary, $3.30, the second favourite here, finals top point score. Yeah, I like the play. Um, as we've said all along through here, we think Cleary and the Panthers will be hard to beat throughout the final series and you think if Penrith are scoring points Cleary's obviously kicking goals and he can score points himself he's a strong runner of the ball so I don't mind that shout at all don't like Ryan Pappenhausen or Nico Hines here um, obviously they've shared the goal kicking to this point and even when Nico's come off the bench or Paps has come off the bench whatever way they do it generally the other one then starts kicking goals so happy to lay the Storm boys there Tommy that just about wraps us up though in terms of our finals exotics our finals futures uh, you can see all of these markets topsport.com.au if you are having a bet please do so responsibly that also wraps us up for our week to week podcast here at the Supercoats 365 podcast uh, we might check in after the grand final and maybe once every now and again over the course of the off season heading into the pre-season if there's any big signing news or coaching changes things like that but uh, Tommy it's been an absolute pleasure to do it weekly with you this year and to all of our listeners a very big thank you hopefully bigger and better in 2022 yeah absolutely it's been 
you know, a great way to get through the week, talk some footy and give some give people something to listen to. Uh, really excited for this weekend of footy. I think week one of the finals is, you know, probably the best weekend of the year in terms of NRL. I really love it. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably check back in throughout the off-season. Rugby League never sleeps. There's always something happening, so there'll be plenty to talk about in the summer months. Of course, between now and then, whenever you next hear from us, you can keep up to date with us at Supercoach365 right across our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. As we say, big thank you to everyone who's got involved with us uh, across the, the past 25 plus weeks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Stay safe and stay well. We'll chat to you after the grand final. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.